Christian, what's up, man? Hey, Christian, what's up, dude? Night's going well. How about yours? Doing well. Can you hear me all right? I can. How about me? Am I coming in clearly? Sweet. Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Awesome. Good, man. Well, thanks a lot for coming on the show, making the time. Of course. Uh, Thanks yeah. for adjusting to my schedule and stuff. So I no problem, that man. Too. How was the show? Well, uh, funny thing is, <laughs> I, I didn't want to uh, switch it around again because, uh, you know, I already switched it on you once. Uh, she actually uh, was having a bit of a stomach bug, so she actually stayed home. So uh, she didn't go out to her gig this time. So I figured instead of being like, hey, I could do it earlier. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just totally figured, you know, we just chill and then uh so uh but she's doing better now. I think she just had uh she she's a teacher and uh she, she oh, God, I think she no Yeah, I think she might have had a uh a, a case of the, the school lunch going wrong. <laughs> oh wow, okay. Yeah, yeah uh so you know, the old school lunch days, so uh, <laughs> where you're not sure what you're getting, but it's what's there, you know, might have been it's the true. case. I mean, it's a stressful uh, but, environment to begin with. That's you know, too, it's hard, that's on, hard on the digestive tract. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a number of things, but she, she's doing better now. Got got some good food and some rest, so it's all good. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, yeah. Again, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show. I really enjoyed when we got to play together way back in the in the before times when the world was still turned on. It first yeah, night when, Just, when, yeah yeah when you hit me up the other day, I was like, man, that. Right, like, oh yeah, that happened. That happened, and it was really only about a year ago from now. It wasn't, but it feels right. like it was like five or six years ago. Exactly, <laughs> lifetimes ago. It was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that. That was back when we used to play music. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So just, you know, an opportunity to harken back to times when, yeah, you could. There was, I remember, there were speakers outdoors and human beings outdoors. Mm-hmm. We were outdoors. It was. It was. There was a large group all yeah. together. Yeah. We you were performing music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could stand next to somebody, you know. Oh, yeah. my God. I was standing next to everybody that night. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, this is this is season one of the podcast. This is the lo-fi early days. This is the like, we've got time for awkward pauses. The more awkward, the better. Random tangents, the more random, the better. It's all good with me. And uh, yeah, again, I thanks mean, also... thanks for even asking me to be a part of it. I, I'm a big fan of podcasts. I like listening to all different kinds of stuff, you know, history, music, sports, yeah. whatever. It's Absolutely. lots of interesting discussions and independent media you know it's it's really cool and just long long form dialogue is where it's at yeah absolutely and it's true we were talking about uh clubhouse before and i think i don't i don't know if it's going to be that platform or something else even remotely like it but i think it's going to be more like people wanting to kind of listen in on the current conversations of Mm -hmm. people who are more or less in their same place but in a different place geographically like the old school kind of chat room thing Mm -hmm. but like faster yeah no it seems like a really interesting concept i i've seen a couple blips about it but i wasn't too familiar with it but yeah it's like you're just in a group of people that you know are all kind of on the same sort of topic and you could just kind of hop in seems kind of interesting Yeah, well, I think it's kind of, it's like the next evolution, because I think that's the thing, like, all of these mass technologies, like, only work, you can only experiment on them once enough people have Mm -hmm. logged on to them, so it's kind of like, we all got to try one thing for a while, and we all got to try, you know, it's like, instant messaging on your computer was a huge deal, but just for a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember those days. And it was an experiment. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, and also, by all means, a uh, place to plug Leisure Chief and any of your own solo stuff and music that you've been working on. I think I saw on your Instagram you've got at least a, an album release that's pretty pretty recent, if not still ongoing, and, and maybe correct. even a, a, a show or two I think that you might, be, might have on the book. Yeah, so uh, Leisure Chief uh, is a group, uh, original project from uh, the Orlando area. Um, We've been going strong since about 2013, and we started recording this record 
toward the end of 2018, early 2019. And at that time, a couple of our band bandmates, uh, my bandmates, I should say, uh, had little ones. So things got a little pushed back a little bit. And then we were ready to hit it hard 2020. And then everybody's stuff got pushed back a little bit. Right. So uh, here we are now. We got a new record we're super excited about uh, called Cosmic Comics. Uh, it's eight tracks, um, kind of a variety of, uh, you know, kind of our different little uh, uh, palettes, if you will, uh, sound wise, mm -hmm. some funk stuff, some rock stuff, some, uh, you know, mix of vocals. We do have an instrumental track on there. Um, and uh, we're, we're pretty proud of it. I mean, this was, you know, the stuff we'd put out before was really more, you know, DIY, you know. Uh, not not that it, we don't think it sounds good, but, you know, this was we wanted to make something that was really at a whole nother level from a pr production and arrangement standpoint. So um, not only is it us as a five piece, uh, myself doing uh, saxophones and some you know backing vocals, but we got drums, uh, keys, all sorts of keyboards, uh, multiple guitars, uh, electric bass. Uh, we got a string quartet on there and uh, some other guest horn players and solo musicians. So it's it's something we we put a lot into and we're really proud of. And, you know, and sort of easing back into, you know, performing, uh, you know, we just uh, putting it out there and starting to push it. And, uh, yeah, we've got a couple shows uh, coming up. Um, we just finished playing at... Uh, the new standard it's a awesome venue in winter park uh, near orlando and we did that on friday and we've got a couple shows coming up uh see off the top of my head we're playing at the um gosh where are we playing <laughs> it's hard to keep track of stuff now because it's not happening all the time uh, well, I mean, hey, the big news story is just the shows. Are yeah, happening. shows, oh, shows are yeah, happening. That's your, yeah, report that, that that the world is turning back. It's, on. it is slowly, it is, <laughs> it is slowly turning on again. Yeah, so uh, I had to bust out the old calendar here. Uh, Spark, Please. Sparkman Wharf uh, in Tampa on the thirteenth, and then we're in a a new spot we haven't played before in uh, Sanford uh, called Tuffy's that we've heard some cool stuff about. But yeah, slowly but surely, you know not only us but you know myself and just other projects i'm a part of you know people are i feel like the past almost like week or two people are you know calling like hey are you are you are you working are you playing or what's what's right. up what's your status like hey you know <laughs> how's it going uh including yourself so it's it's it seems like things are you know people are almost like you know putting the head out the door the foot in the water you know exactly. like hey <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> right, right, right. So uh, it, it's it's looking up for sure, which is which is definitely nice. Uh, you know, there was a you know, stretch, I'm sure, for a lot of us uh, music folk where we were just like, uh, what's going to happen here? Uh, this, right, exactly. This is looking kind of bleak. So, yeah. Um, and in a weird way, you know, I guess we're lucky to be in uh, good old Florida where, uh, you know, there's some opportunities to play. Absolutely. Well, you know, Florida's got a great mix of people for better and mm -hmm. worse. <laughs> that is that is for sure. As a uh, native Floridian, are are you native? Are oh, you yeah. you're a native Floridian as well? Um, my family roots go back to Florida. Mm -hmm. I spent my childhood kind of moving around different places, but my early infancy, I was uh, conceived during the time that my parents were living in Melrose. So, I mean, that's real straight up Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, yeah, I moved around the Midwest and Northeast, but then I finished high school and I, I went to college here. I'm a Gator, actually. Nice. Cool. Well, that's, uh, what, but yeah, yeah, man. Are you, are, are you yeah, still, are you, so you're, and you, you're still up there in Gainesville or, or, or have you, okay, yes, okay. Cause I know a lot of people have been moving around. It's like some of them, it's like I check in and they're like, oh, I'm in a, you know, in the Midwest now, or I'm, I'm in another country. It's like, whoa, I had no idea. Was, you know, it's a lot of people have uh, uprooted to different places uh, kind of as Absolutely. a result. Absolutely. I but... think times are changing mm -hmm. quickly. There was, I mean, my 
my move there kind of came when more or less like life circumstances and work mm-hmm. circumstances changed really quickly for me in like 2018, 19, when I was living in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so then that kind of brought me back here closer to family. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, Gainesville has been, it's been like a homecoming. I think a lot of people have, you know, the world has been kind of fluctuating and that has either flung people far and mm-hmm. wide or kind of brought people yeah and that's that's exactly i think uh one good um betterment out of all this i think it's it's in a way it's brought people closer i mean i know at least from my perspective and i'm sure you could say the same thing a lot of times we're playing so much we're gigging so much we're recording right whatever we're doing that uh you know a lot of times some other things get pushed to the side not even intentionally but you know it's just you know our careers it's you know most people you know they work monday through friday where you know we're working a lot of times late on the weekends or Mm -hmm. (laughs) or in the morning in the middle of the week it's it's so random so we we miss a lot of events or you know maybe um special occasions so it's, it's been at least from my perspective i've been able to you know touch base more with uh um family members I don't even normally get to, uh, you know, talk to very often or, you know, think things like that where it's like, Oh, you know, it's been nice to just catch up with some people. hundred percent. Yeah. I would share that experience too, both because like large scale changes, I think are kind of pushing us back into like multi-generational life. I think like, at least in America, we're reacquainting ourselves with, our grandparents, mm-hmm, great grandparents exactly. for some people mm-hmm. during these times because everyone has to contract, but also because like the corporate thing is kind of part of what's caused a, you know, an unhealthy society and problems with population. Mm-hmm. It's because of a certain, you know, a certain business model that now we're kind of getting away. Yeah. From. You get caught in that, uh, that, uh, I don't want to say hustle mentality, but yeah, it's like, you then it's almost like a necessary evil. Uh, you know, yeah. you gotta, gotta, gotta keep on pushing and, you know, you lose hindsight of uh, kind of what makes uh, us human and that connection. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing, you know, and no matter how bad things get, it's always like life continues to go on. Mm-hmm. I mean, our relationships with our friends and family, it's like, that didn't ever go mm-hmm. away and so i don't know it's weird to say that something like that can be good for the finer things mm-hmm. in life but i don't know it has shown everybody for better or worse that i don't know there's always going to be that there's always the animal nature of our relationships yeah, indeed yeah well i also wanted to i mean kind of change the pace i wanted to ask you you uh our self-build is uh, like woodwinds, percussion, vocalist, and arranger, and you mentioned kind of some of the arrangement steps on recording the Leisure mm-hmm. Chief album. Like, can you kind of talk about like just your voice and vision, maybe when you're putting a song together, and what kind of special things you were able to do doing something in the studio and having come at it from a position of we're gonna make like a finely produced. Band. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, well, I I first gotta give credit to the boys. I mean, it's it's a pretty collaborative process. Um, overall, uh, Derek Ingstrom, our our drummer, uh, lead singer extraordinaire. Uh, he's he's one of those guys. He uh, he cranks a lot of a lot of tunes out there. And th- this this album is actually primarily all of his written songs uh that he basically brings to the table um he does a lot of like you know garage band stuff and you know shoots out the demos and then from there you know we all check it out and start giving our own inputs and different things and it at least from my perspective uh you know Derek's one of those guys he could play a little bit everything uh except like some horns so usually that's where him and I you know talk things over and you know uh, a lot of time we'll just kind of flesh the song out in person and then kind of go from there. Um, but in the case of this record, it was a lot of music we've been playing for a while and we finally just got the chance to record it. And basically what we wanted to do with these arrangements is instead of just doing them exactly how we would do them at a show, we really wanted to take a step back and like, how can we 
make this more of a, a listening experience, an experience you won't get just, you know, it's, this isn't a live record, you know, um, what can we do to, uh, make it cohesive and, you know, almost like one of those, which will eventually have, you know, a vinyl pressing, but you know, an old school vinyl where you put it on and, uh, not necessarily a concert, full on concept album where you put it on and it just flows together. How can it all, you know, um, connect and weave in and out and um, create this uh, sort of unified soundscape. Um, so basically the way we started recording was um, the rhythm section all went down and we actually did a majority of a record down in Miami. Um, at the, the studio called the City of Progress um, through uh, a couple different groups uh, noted in Miami. Uh, our engineer was, he's the organist for a band called Lemon City Trio, uh, really cool instrumental uh, funk fusion trio, uh, kind of soul live vibes, if uh, you dig that kind of thing. But anyway, uh, oh, yeah. We've done a few shows with them, and Brian, he's a fantastic, uh, not only musician, but engineer, and he's like, hey, you know, why don't you guys, next time you roll through here, uh, maybe we could try something out and record. And um, we actually sent him one of uh, a couple of our older tracks that we were recording ourselves at the time, and he kind of remastered them and uh, tweaked them, and we dug his work so much on them that we were like, all right, yeah, let's do this for real. So we went down there and uh, they recorded the rhythm tracks um, with Andrew Yeoman, uh, who is also known as uh, DJ LaSpam from the Spam All-Stars um, down in Miami, uh, who's, they've been doing their thing for quite a long time. Um, but anyway, so they, they did that process there first. And then we eventually went back um, and did the vocals, uh, which was, uh, again, mostly Derek, uh, he's, he, and a lot of this he did, uh, if you've listened at all, he, all, all in one take, he's, he's, a he's one of those freaks, <laughs> but uh, yeah, in, in the studio, on what, on what yes. we're hearing on the, yep, on yep, the yep. and all the harmonies and yeah, oh he did gosh. a lot of it. Like he came in and that's an impressive nailed it. Facts. That's not, even no, no. Him, and especially, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, drummers aren't <laughs> musicians, man. But, uh, no, he's, he's great. And. Basically, I, I went wow. in and, and sprinkled a few harmonies in there. And then uh, mm -hmm. one of the tracks, we all did some like gang vocal stuff. But uh, and then lastly, well, I guess I shouldn't say lastly, then to do the horns, since the other players were Orlando guys, uh, we went to um, uh, what is dubbed as Buckingham Palace, uh, Aaron <laughs> uh, Bucky, uh, uh, formerly of the Groove Orient, uh, fantastic drummer. He's got a really uh, dope studio, uh, actually in Plant City, uh, and we had we had done yeah. great name, yeah, yeah, right. Name. Uh, and we did a few video sessions there um, that are on on the old good old YouTube, and uh, we had a good vibe there. So we went and did the horns, which was uh, myself, uh, Derek Harris, a great trombonist, uh, Paul Chung Yu, awesome trumpet player. We went in and tracked uh, live together, uh, doing a lot of the horn section stuff, um, so we could get a group feel, and you know we didn't have to drive all the way down to Miami. <laughs> uh, but and then lastly, the uh, the strings uh, that was a quartet that Brian, our engineer, had worked with down there. He does some film scoring stuff, and uh, uh, Keegan our pianist went down there and he basically fleshed out these awesome arrangements and uh, they nailed those. Uh, and then pretty much everything else, uh, Anthony Cole, who we had featured on sax and Ido Cologne on percussion and Roland Simmons on uh, some additional guitar. They all kind of went and overdubbed their rest of their stuff at uh, Keegan's uh, little music room. And uh, so it was a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. Uh, and pieced it together and uh, we were able to send it to um, the Lodge Mastering, which is a company uh, in New York that does great work. Uh, Emily Lazar, I believe I'm pronouncing her last name right. I hope I am. Uh, and she's a Grammy winner and uh, 
has done some really great stuff, uh, has a couple Rolling Stone features and such. And Brian recommended her. And I mean, they just, I mean, they were the cherry on top that made it, you know, sound, you know, real nice to like, you know, top notch. So, uh, you know, it's, it was definitely a collective effort all around and a, a learning experience for all of us. Cause like I said before, it was more, you know, just DIY, you know, the track sounded mostly how we did it, you know, uh, if you were to come see a show. So this was really, you know, taking a step back and uh, trying to do it um, in a more, um, I guess you could almost say delicate way. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. And I mean, the, the feel is, it feels like it's delicately put together. It feels like they're, have been a lot of hands list or a lot of pairs of ears lent to the song in like a respectful way. A lot of people, it seems to me as I listen to the songs have listened to this and like touched it with a mind for the song first. I don't hear a bunch of people trying to like jump on hmm. a song. It really feels like it's got some like orchestral feel, some like big band vibe like it brings me i looking at the album art it kind of gave me a little bit of almost like a mahavishnu orchestra nice. yeah, yeah. To that place like i'm gonna hear some or maybe mm-hmm. like herbie hancock's like more mm-hmm. more fusiony funky kind of heavy and it delivers that but it's like it's a very it feels very modern like it feels very right now like it feels like you guys are alive and living and breathing and going through this stuff with the rest well, of us. Thank as you, well. Wilson. I mean that. I mean that's a very fitting description. I would say. I mean, we definitely tap into a lot of those types of influences, but you know, we don't want to just sound like an old school, you know, seventies fusion record. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. you know, right, we want right, our, ourselves right. to come through, and uh, it, I, I think you said it great. I, probably better than me <laughs> <laughs> well i think it's just it's hard it's hard to do with modern production and still kind of live in the same like live in the same genre without like losing something to not having the tape because that stuff sounds like a time and a place but it's like now we have the stuff to like you can you can give it some tape hiss if you want it give it that like style but we have all of this high fi mm-hmm. like you can get these mm-hmm. crispy highs crispy lows like for someone to be able to fill that wider soundscape without it without that becoming distracting but still kind of you know continue continue the story it's like truly it's in the tradition you know like it's not it isn't strictly a jazz piece of thing or a rock piece of thing but it kind of like you know it continues both of those stories in like a, a respectful well, but present you. way thank you uh yeah i mean it's one of those um you know we we draw from a bunch of influences and and like you said you know in a, with uh you know modern recording it's it's really easy to almost lose that organic uh feel to um what you're putting uh, on record and you can uh, I don't know if manipulates the right word, but you, you can do so much to it to where it, it almost doesn't sound uh, authentic anymore. And so, you know, mm-hmm. we really wanted to capture the sound uh, not only of us as a group, but just of all the possibilities that it could be with the the particular songs that we recorded. You know, this wasn't just this is what we sound like in person. Like I said, you know, we just really wanted to, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what all could we do uh, to make this really our own thing and like record it to the fullest extent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, I wanted also to ask you too, and I guess this is now kind of more about your sure. personal playing. Like, do you do you see your playing as part of a heritage or part of a lineage, or maybe as an overlap? Of uh, you mean like my musical upbringing, or yeah, like if maybe I mean some people, it's like I have an influence that I listened to a lot, or I had a teacher that really shaped me, or you know, if if you have some kind of 
thing like that that's kind of characterized your how you see oh, yourself? For sure. Uh, well, I, I, I always I generally tell people, uh, as far as my uh, family is concerned, there are no musicians at all whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I was the weird musical runts or I, I somehow got bit by the bug, but uh, yeah. But that's so, a special role being like the one, the artistic yeah, person so, period in a family that kind and of And I'm lucky too field. to where, you know, a lot of times where that's might be the case where, you know, then the family or, you know, or parents or what have you might not be as supportive, but I was always uh, well supported by uh, both my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family. Uh, and, uh, you know, my mom in particular, uh, the main saxophone I play, uh, today, I mean, I, I, I play them all, but my, my alto, uh, she bought that horn for me when I turned 14 before I even knew I was going to be a pro or whatever. Like, it's, I don't know. She knew somehow. <laughs> and I mean, I, I, that's my main horn to this day of, you know, like 15 years later. So, they were always super supportive. Um, and at, at the same time, I think because I didn't have that musical upbringing per se, as far as uh, how to be a musician, uh, my influences, uh, I mean, very early on were just, you know, the music my parents listened to. Uh, my dad was more of a uh, 80s, you know, rock guy, you know, uh, the, the police, uh, a foreigner, uh some of it like the eagles kind of thing and my mom and stepdad they were more a little more old school uh motown uh uh you know jackson brown uh kind of uh some more of that folk you know 70s uh thing so uh that's the stuff i listened to a lot as as a kid and then it wasn't until really i got further into high school um where I was kind of uh, almost accidentally, I don't want to say accidentally, but exposed uh, to jazz. I, I, I didn't really have like a full on jazz program um, in schools. Uh, you know, it's just like a once a week after school kind of thing. And it was, I heard the uh, Dave Rubeck quartet for the first time and uh, Paul Desmond, who was the saxophone player uh, for that group. Um, like just kind of blew me away and it was just one of those I want to sound like that and I just tried to emulate that whole record and I'd never done anything like that before it was always just well I have the music they gave me <laughs> this is what I learned and I mean right, I, right. my upbringing is a lot of classical like fundamental stuff I mean that was my instruction and you know I did solo competitions and all county auditions and things like that and uh but it wasn't until I heard like that record and then that led into, you know, Coltrane and Miles and then all the jazz stuff. And then eventually uh, out of high school, I started working with other bands and musicians and that led to other genres. And it was just like one thing led to another. And I just kind of went in with an open mind and just like, oh, I don't really know much about this at all, but uh, let's go. <laughs> and, you know, that that, you know, again, jazz, I mean, my, uh, you know, if I were to say my, my heart is more like that jazz, funk, fusion, soul stuff. But I mean, I, I've done, you know, all, all kinds of gigs, blues gigs, reggae, big band. Uh, um, you know, I mean, I, I try not to turn a, a blind eye anywhere. And I think that's kind of, um, you know, Honestly, it just had probably the greatest influence. I mean, a lot of times, you know, everybody says, oh, practice makes perfect, practice makes perfect. But, uh, you know, it's not just the actual practice of your instrument, but it's the the listening of uh, and kind of opening your ears and your mind to and exposing yourself to as many different uh, genres and worlds of music out there and really kind of tapping into that. So, uh Oh, yeah. Well, you dovetailed into what was going to kind of be my next question, which is you're someone who played competitively in high school. I mean, it sounds like you always had like a, a creative uh, connection to it and you were always a listener as well. But I mean, you, you know, had teachers who signed you yeah. up for mm -hmm. competitions and you went and did that. But then you had to go out and mm -hmm. be in the world and you you got to the point, which I think is exactly the conclusion, which is you start to, you know, 
you focus on the listening, you become a listener and a respecter and a storyteller of the music first. And that kind of like blends it all together. But did you have some moments where like those two mindsets were at odds? Like this isn't like a competition. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, until I really started working with like bands, like, uh, you know, uh, school is a very different thing. And it was more, you know, again, you know, either doing a a solo competition or uh, an audition um you know you're just working on one piece and you're really like diving into that and you're it's you it's just you as a musician where once you're in a band setting it's you and a bunch of people and uh and especially for me i learned improvisation more organically not that i didn't have eventual teachers along the way or you know other people show me some ropes but a lot of it was just me kind of playing along the stuff and jamming in my room. And then I'd get on stage and, uh, you know, whatever group I was playing with, it'd be like, okay, here comes my solo. Here's my moment. And if it didn't go my way, or I, I would beat myself up so much, you know, those first couple years, you know, 18, right. 19 years old, I'd, I'd be done with the gig and people come up, oh, great job. And I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah thanks. And in my head, in my, in my head, I'm just right. like, how oh, is that a great job? I just, I just failed the band right. <laughs> or I just, I let myself down. Like it, I was so hard on myself and it, it was, un, and to get, you know, real so for true. a minute. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of uh, people can relate uh, no matter what their profession. I actually had a, uh, a, a an anxiety breakdown uh, right around 19 or 20. I think I was 20. I was driving home from a band rehearsal. This was pretty late, uh, maybe midnight, 1231-ish. And I had a panic attack while I was driving. And I was so confused. I thought I was dying. <laughs> it was, uh, I'd never right. experienced anything like that before. I couldn't breathe. I pulled over. I called 911. And then I, thankfully, I wasn't too uh, far from home. At the time, I was, I just started uh, college. I was at uh, Valencia College, which at the time was a, a community college. Is now a state college, I guess. And um, I was uh, in between living with my folks and about to move on my own. And so I called my folks on the way back and, oh, I don't know what happened. I can't breathe. I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> and and they came and picked me up. And, <laughs> and then I felt bad because then the 911 and all them went to like the thing around the corner and I wasn't there. But anyway, long story short, I went to the hospital that they're just like, yeah, you had an anxiety attack. And I was just like, what? And, and, and of course, you know, uh, not to get in that debate, but you know, they, they, they gave me a prescription and I'm, I'm not that kind of guy. So I didn't really want to take it. And uh, I, I, I remember uh, uh, taking, uh, it was a Xanax, which again, in some circles might not be a big deal, but to me it was. And I just, I just remember feeling out of control of like, like it was just such a strange foreign feeling to me. I, I didn't dig it at all. And I was like, this is not what I want to do. So how can I uh, fix this problem? And it was one of those um, with anxiety and, and that sort of thing. It, for me at the time, it was like from there on, it would just randomly pop up. It didn't even need to be a reason. It wasn't like, uh, you know, uh, a lot of times it was driving perhaps because that's where it had happened. But um and slowly but surely, I realized um, my mindset was the problem. And I, I, I started, you know, I, I started doing a number of things. Uh, I, I grew up a runner. I, I started running more again and uh, uh, just trying to, you know, meditation, uh, practicing different, uh, all these different things. And while they helped, it wasn't uh, fully the solution. And what I realized for me, it was a big thing. It sounds very simple, but it was just, uh, that basically I learned to learn that I could only control what I could control and I can't control what anybody else does. And I used to worry not only about my own soloing in the band, but like, I, I would just worry about like all the, the other things that just didn't matter. And I went f- from what are others going to think about me or, you know, uh, how can, uh, I make these guys do this or whatever. How are we going to go on tour and do all this stuff to like, all right, I'm just going to put myself out there. I'm going to 
work on uh, what I can only deal with. And that was really around, again, I was like around 20 is when I really started working with a lot more people and uh, just kind of opening my mind up to different things. And uh, it was a lot less stressful and uh, in turn more fun. And um, uh, I was a lot uh, in a healthier space as a result. Wow. First of all, thank you for just sharing that testimony. I mean, so much of that resonates with me. I also have struggled with and struggle with anxiety due to mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> musical and non-musical problems. And I have known more than one uh, artist who has told a very similar anxiety attack story, usually mm -hmm. on the way to or from a rehearsal or in between or after, mm -hmm, yep. oh God, even worse. After yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. About a rehearsal. That's the worst. Whew. But yeah, absolutely. But I mean, yeah, so, so true. And even the, the point, cause so many, yeah, it's, you gotta be a little bit touched in the head, a little bit different to kind of want to be, mm -hmm. to want to be an artist, to want to go against the flow of there's, you know, there's a lot of forces. There are these big machines that are made to just make people or not make people, but provide a platform where people can just do the, the default. It's like, we kind of it's mm -hmm. like humanity has a duty to itself mm -hmm. to make the default available and so yeah. that's like very very available but then it's like we have to constantly go against that and yeah it causes mm -hmm. it can really cause serious anxiety but yeah meditation and then yeah constantly coming back to just the feeling of like setting setting the goal of just our own internal environment and our own immediate environment and putting that kind of at harmony and then letting go of, <laughs> of the rest. Do you find that there's something, maybe it's part of your meditation practice or maybe it's something you find running, but it's like, is there a moment where you have like, where's the peak of your let go? In what moment do you have like the most of that? Like, uh, oh, well, just uh, for a second. Running is definitely one of those things for me. Uh, I grew up running cross country and track in school. It was kind of like my, other thing that I did, <laughs> I guess, besides music. Uh, yeah. Eventually, it, it gets one of those things where it's either I do music or I run uh, track and cross country because they were both pretty demanding. And I did choose music, which I, I obviously don't regret. But, uh, you know, I, I it's part of me, which is I could have kept up with both. Uh, but, um, but yeah, for me, uh, that's definitely one of those because, uh, I mean, you're by yourself. A lot of times I like going into nature for sure, trails and different things uh, and kind of getting away from everything else. And it's just you and, um, you know, it, it's your own pace. It's whatever you want to do. Like, I don't I generally don't go in with like a set thing like, oh, I'm going to run three miles today. <laughs> uh, I mean, sometimes it depends, but, you know. Uh, usually it's just like, all right, I'm going to go. And, and it's eventually, and sometimes I do it with music. It depends. Or sometimes I just go and eventually the mind just kind of lets loose. And, you know, you're not like thinking about, okay, what do I got to practice later? Or oh, I got this gig Friday or I'll oh, shoot uh, next week. I've got this other, like those things just kind of slip away. And to me, that's always kind of been, I guess my quote unquote, happy place. Uh, but uh, th there's been some other uh, things I've been doing uh, more uh, recently as well. Uh, more just sort of wellness and habitual things. Uh, I, I'm definitely not a, 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 a full on uh, yoga. Uh, I, don't know the, I don't know the right word uh, practitioner, but I do, you know, some forms of that every morning and uh, as I wake up and I feel like, you know, that kind of gets things going and, um, you know, outside of music where, you know, uh, for me, I feel like improvisation is that same vein in a way. Um, but th those are the kind of things that get me on, uh, I guess, uh, sort of a reset, if you will. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, too, and this, I will just 
be here for a second because I think I'm there with you too. I consider myself also not necessarily a practitioner of yeah, yoga, mm-hmm, but I've got mm-hmm. a practice that I feel like I do that's there. Can you speak to the benefit of going from someone with the no, the zero minute yoga practice to the person with the mm-hmm. like five to seven minute, but sometimes I forget because I feel like that it seems like nothing, but it's like a, it can be this huge. Oh, it, it really is. And yeah, I, I do about five to 10 minutes in the morning. Uh, if I'm more responsible, I might do the same thing before I go to bed, but <laughs> that, that doesn't always happen, especially yeah. coming home late from gigs and such. But for me, I, I got into that, uh, more as, uh, you know, we're, well, a, a few reasons, but one, you know, we're, we're not, uh, we're not all 18 anymore. And, you know, you wake up late after gigs and you're just like, oh gosh, I just feel awful i feel like i'm 50 (laughs) 60 70 years old i'm i'm not that old yet what i feel like this (laughs) and it's a a lot of it's just a matter of you know getting into that daily regimen uh but for me uh and you might not have been aware of this but uh during these unfortunate covid times uh i actually got injured uh i had a tendonitis injury uh in my left arm that uh, eventually sorry uh, that. migrated down to my like left wrist and thumb. It was, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on all oh, of this, no. but, uh, but it, it took a long time <laughs> to overcome time and tendons and all that. It's a long healing process, but uh, part of that healing process uh, was a lot of uh, stretching, being more flexible, being more mindful of uh, posture and balance and such. And, so through uh, part of my new regiment of uh, bettering myself and healing myself is that kind of daily, uh, you know, flexibility work that I do. Uh, you know, again, I'm not a yoga expert. I'm not doing all, you know, the different poses, uh, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, a mix of some of that stuff, a mix of, uh, um, you know, uh, just, just overall, just, I'm and just doing that, you know, five to 10 minutes a day to me, it wakes me up. I, I, I've personally never been a coffee person, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like just doing something like that. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm awake. I'm ready to go now. Uh, so, um, kind of helps you get on track as opposed to just like, Oh, oh gosh, I just want to go back to sleep. And, and that, that's where I found myself in of, I'm, I'm being real honest, uh, you know, uh, it was just like, oh, I don't want to get up. I'm just going to go back to bed. <laughs> and it was just, and then you're just like, man, this isn't like, yeah, I don't want to do this every day. And so, you know, it's, and I'm sure we, you know, everybody's got their, you know, internal struggles with, you know, those kind of things. But, uh, you know, we all have it. But uh, I, I can't stress enough how important, you know, even just, that little bit a day. I mean, it's, it's, it's just making it a daily thing, just like anything else. You know, if, if we can brush our teeth a couple minutes, a few times a day, you know, you can, you can stretch a little bit too. <laughs> and, 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 uh, you know, not to keep the tangent oh, going, yeah, but exactly. we, musicians, you know, we, we're we, athletes. We don't think of ourselves that way, but I mean, the yes. amount of muscles oh, yeah. and tendons, and ligaments and things that go into no matter what you're playing, piano, guitar, drums, saxophone, uh, singing, um, there's so much that goes into that. And a lot of times we take it for granted, just pick up the axe or, you know, start singing. And and I mean, that takes its toll. You do that a few hours a day, every day, um, you know, you're you're bound to eventually get something, uh, some injury or tension's going to creep up and um yeah i mean we uh you know as a runner uh thankfully i never had any leg injuries but i feel like i i was more mindful of like taking care of my legs but we don't always think the same with like our hands you know or things like that so i'm one of those freaks now that i'm doing all kinds of stretches little exercises all the time (laughs) And like people would probably look at me, what is he like oh, yeah. stretching his fingers? I'm like, yep. <laughs> breath. Oh yes. But the breth too. Do yes, you feel for like sure. you, get, you get all those muscles mm-hmm. going too? And yeah, so another thing I can dive into everything. that I, I uh had wanted to do before Please. but never seriously looked into 
Uh, there's a practice called Alexander Technique. I don't know if you've heard it. Um, it's more, Ooh, I guess. Okay, I'm not familiar. I want to say popular, but more well known, probably in more major cities like in New York or maybe in LA. Um, and it's maybe not uh -huh. as much in the musician world, but it's it's more common in uh, you know stage performers, dancers. Uh, but the whole idea is it's for any kind of performer. Um, and basically, what it is is you you study with a teacher. And I've been doing this for once a week since August, I believe. And um, and basically, it's you uh, work with a teacher to. It's it's a lot of uh, it's breath work, it's posture work, and it's um, tension and release. Uh, and really, it's almost making these micro adjustments. So that you don't even notice with or without your instrument. So basically I show up, we do breath work um, on, a, we actually, some of it we do on like, you know, one of those kind of like exercise rollers and, uh, and then some other stuff. So we start with breath work yeah. and then, you know, some more like physical things. And then I break out my horn and, you know, I'll start playing and surely, you know, like, okay, feel your, you know, wrist right here. I want you to release your wrist. And, you know, adjust your elbow in slightly. And it's like little little things like that. Or uh, for me, one thing that I never noticed and I was really bad at when I played, I would almost put my weight on my heels and then I would hunch forward oh, like yeah. my hips to almost where I was not, not like a saxophone caricature, I guess, but, uh, you know, the typical like uh, bending over saxophone, but... Uh, but it was just like this posture I had. And it's just something that developed over, you know, I've been playing for almost 20 years and and I never noticed. And she's like, you know, she just took a simple picture, took a picture of me. It's like, look, and I'm like, whoa, that's funky looking. She's like, yeah, that's what you do. Right. And I'm like, okay. And so she's <laughs> like, I want you to think about your feet. I'm like, okay. I never think about my feet much when I'm playing but your feet is in your heels. I want your feet to be more balanced where you have more of a triangle on your, you know, the balls of your foot and your heel. And it was through that, uh, fixed another problem I've always had my whole life, especially as a runner, I lock my knees. And in just adjusting the weight on my feet, not only did I fix my weird funky posture, but my knees feel so much better. And it's just like little things like that. Um, and again, it's it's not just your feet and your legs, but like my, my shoulder, my neck, uh, thinking more, uh, as she likes to say, um, masses and spaces where, uh, you know, you have your joints and then you have your space in between yeah. your joints. And your joints are very flexible and can do a lot of things. And the spaces, which are usually like, you know, your muscles, like your neck or, you know, your parts of your arm, like those just move with the joint. So it's thinking more of the joint as a whole and and um, using each one to its like full potential and uh, kind of, you know, releasing tension and all these little things and uh, uh, almost bad habits you just naturally develop as a performer. Because the idea is not to be like perfect position all the time, but to be mindful of your tendencies and being able to, you know, um, go in between those two uh, phases and then to combine it with the breath, um, using your whole body uh, with your breath and not just thinking, oh, my stomach or oh, my chest, uh, which, you know, we often just think that's all we use, but a lot of it's your back, your, your rib cage. It's like so much just goes into one breath, especially as a wind performer and to understand that fully. And, um, you know, it's amazing what a, uh, a fully developed breath can do versus a half breath, which a lot of times as a wind player, as a singer, you know, we cheat, we just go <gasps> and, Oh, we're going to make a, we're going to make a great sound just by going <gasps> and, right. I mean, a lot of sometimes it's a great sound, but sometimes it's not quite there. And if you can in that, you know, um, 
again, use your whole body in that uh, to get more, get the full uh, extent, the full possibility, you know, a hundred out of a hundred, you can make that good sound. And so it's been a lot of those different things. And uh, again, it's called Alexander technique. Uh, if you look it up, um, there are teachers uh, kind of all around uh, the country. Uh, there aren't many. Uh, I'm not sure if there, there may be one in Gainesville or not, but there, there's not many in Central Florida, which is why I never jumped into it fully. But there are a lot now that it's more of a virtual world. Uh, there are a lot of teachers that way, too. But I prefer more mm -hmm. of the, the hands-on approach, uh, especially for something like that. But um, for something like that, I, I do know that there's some good resources for that, too. But it, it kind of ties all that in. And, and the breath is it's really like a key. It's a key not only into making a sound on your instrument or whatever, but releasing a lot of the stress and tension in your body. Oh yeah. I like that. And that, and I feel like since you're starting to engage the, the breath and the posture, which are very deeply connected to just our habitual life, like that kind of starts mm -hmm. to touch into our emotional well-being as like to make us better on the instrument but then like the <laughs> the like cheesy dad joke side of music where like everything like literally about music that mm -hmm. makes you a better musician also makes you a better person until eventually you're just like you're just like barry harris <laughs> just like shouting at people across the room on yep. a piano all day like no yep, music yep. in front of you just like you gotta listen when people talk <laughs> But yeah, I mean, maybe do you do you have like a a, fav a favorite, uh, just like good good musicianship, good manners kind of uh, like as far as like tip that you like, uh, maybe more like etiquette as a musician. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh well, th this is something yeah, yeah, I really exactly. really pride myself in and try, and I think this is more almost more important. Honestly, I would say this is more important than how well you can play or sing. To be honest, if you could be the mm -hmm. greatest thing, you know, since sliced bread to use a dad saying off your dad, dad jokes, but uh, it doesn't matter what, how many licks you can play. <laughs> if you're that person that just, you know, shows up and thinks I'm going to take it over. Like uh, that's, that's not the way to be. Um, and a lot of times, any opportunities I've got gigging, recording, collaborating, whatever it is, it, I feel like is more not just because, you know, I, I'm quote unquote a good musician, but uh, I like to think people think I'm a good person or, <laughs> you know, and uh, as far as etiquette and um, I, don't, I don't do it as much anymore. I used to write some of these blog posts forever ago, but I, I did one on uh, music etiquette. Um, and, and to me, the stage, as far as like performing and that, that the stage can be anything. It'd be a big old concert hall. It, it could be, you know, a, it could be a backyard in a music festival. Like it could be anywhere. Uh, but to me, I think the stage is a sacred place to me. It's, it's the church for musicians, uh, which could literally be a church too. Uh, but, nice. uh, you know, um, you know, that yeah. might be your stage. Uh, but anyway, it's, it, to me, it's a sacred place where, you know, it's our opportunity to express all of these things that are going on in our crazy artistic creative brains uh, um, and kind of let it all out. And that doesn't mean just go up there and go, blah, 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 you know, but, uh, uh, you know, but that, that's one thing. But uh, <laughs> it's not only to respect the stage and the opportunity we have to make music together, but to be mindful of what everyone else is doing around you. So it's one thing if you're, you know, doing a solo piece by yourself, but if I'm on stage with a five, six piece band, I want to gel with what's going on. I want to be uh, respectful to what everyone else is doing. To me, when I get on stage and play, I my first thought is, okay, what can, how can I add to what's going on? And whether that's like a free improvised thing, like what we did uh, in the the, the pre-dark times, <laughs> or uh, or it's you know it's <laughs> it's another version of uh, you know brick house, whatever. <laughs> whatever uh is going on like okay how what how can right, i add right, to right. this um 
And to me, it's like, how can I uh, t get my slice in there? I, I'm not the type of person I last thing I want to do is step on everybody's toes. Um, in fact, I'm totally cool if I'm playing a gig and I don't take a solo at all. That That's not why I play music. It's it's to um, it's everyone has their little puzzle piece to put into what's going on. And that's how I generally try to approach things. And I think if you're that type of person, especially as a horn player, horn players, we get we get a bad knock of, you know, we just we uh, quote unquote, we jam bush, we show up on the stage and, uh, you know, up here, you, you see like you, you might you, you know, might be playing, you know, looking and you see at the corner of your eye. Oh, there's that guy with the trumpet. He's he's I see him. He's looking at us. He's going to he's going to hop on stage. We uh, hope this works out. <laughs> And, 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 you know, and I, I'm sure, and, uh, you know, oh, the certain situation, I mean, we just, funny enough, we just had this at a, a, the last gig we do at Leisure Chief, we're playing our new record in its entirety. Uh, and this random guy just walks in with his trumpet, just puts on the mouthpiece and, 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 uh, <laughs> it's on the video stream that's out and, uh -huh. and you just look at, and he's like ready to go. Like he's pumped. And, and I, I don't know who this guy is. We don't know who this guy is. And I, and I, I just like point at him. I, I give him kind of the hand stop signal. I'm like, whoa, whoa man, not yet, not yet. Oh, we're going to do a jam set soon. And the other guys are just like, yeah, we're playing our album right now. Sorry, buddy. And and he didn't care. He just goes off in the corner, starts warming up or whatever. And if, thankfully, the one of the uh, managers was nearby and escorted him out of there. But it was one of those, it's like, man, like, read the room uh it, it's it's not and again that can apply to anything reading the room but it's just like you know so that's kind of the uh stereotypical horn player in some cases so for me I, i'm not that guy in fact i've been in situations where i'm there and um you know i'm there watching the set and the band's done it's like oh why didn't you come up i'm like why did you know i'm I just wanted to listen or, or, you know, or, you know, I'd rather not always necessarily right, discuss right. beforehand, but, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, you kind of, they look at you, you look at them like, eh, you know, okay, okay. Yeah. But you know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not, you know, it's, it's somebody else's show. It's somebody else's music. This isn't my show. So, um, if I'm invited, if you're like, Hey, come on up, then I mean, I'm grateful. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. But I, I'd much rather, be invited then uh make my own invitation if you will and i think that's i mean i think that goes a long way because then there's that respect and and it's not just the people on stage but it's the people off stage that see that too you never again it's the old cliche you never know who's out there listening or watching but you know somebody goes oh hey there's a saxophone player that just you know doesn't just hop on up or or whatever or Oh, I like what he did, or whatever, you know. So <laughs> I always just try to approach again. Uh, if if I were if I was the other way around, like would I just want someone? And it doesn't have to be a horn player. Would I just want some random guy I don't know just showing up and uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, just let loose? And no, I don't. <laughs> In most cases, so um, you know, I try to you know if they wouldn't what if i wouldn't want them to do that for me then i'm not going to do that for somebody else beautifully said and it's just yeah it's the whole thing that takes place when you're not playing the horn when you're not playing the instrument it's like mm -hmm, are, mm -hmm, are mm -hmm. we doing something other than just waiting for our moment are we listening to the song as a whole looking you know exactly looking for maybe places where things could be added yeah, it's or a learning for great opportunities too. to lay out green and when you're starting out you don't necessarily know those things and that's kind of a learning thing too where you know when i was saying before you kind of beat yourself up at the end sometimes you go oh shoot maybe i shouldn't have gone up there i wasn't ready um but i've been fortunate enough too where uh you know maybe something like that happened and uh you know maybe they were nice enough to you know, keep bringing me up or other bands saw that, Hey, that guy seemed kind of cool. And I've definitely learned a whole heck of a lot from just being brought up in the spur of the moment on the fly. And, uh, that's probably where I'm most comfortable to be honest. And, 
And again, getting that mentality of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not worrying about what you can control and even, you know, what the audience might think, uh, you know, I, I feel pretty confident I could just go up there and do my thing with just about anyone, even, you know, people I might be a little bit uh, <laughs> scared to, you know, play with per se, but, you know, all you can do is what you can do, you know, it, it's not about, it's not a competition, it's not, you know, Hey, mm-hmm. look what I can do. It's, you know, um, I know what I can do. Um, let's see how I can fit in. And I think that's a big thing to kind of discover for each person too. Uh, it's not necessarily just taking a solo or whatever, but it's, you know, again, what, what can I add? What do I have to offer? What are, um, you know, what makes me, me? Right. Well, there are so many different, like, mm-hmm. kind of character roles that we can play as a mm-hmm. musician. Like, I heard someone say, like, everybody's got their vibe. And, like, that's so true. He was, I, it was someone, it was a horn player I was playing with, also talking about horn players. He was saying, like, some people mm-hmm. can play mm-hmm. loud, long notes. Like, that's mm-hmm. their thing. They just have, you know, their technical ability. It's mm-hmm. like, that's their, so it's like, even if they're playing yep. mm-hmm. fast and quiet, they're like, they're mm-hmm. saving up for that moment where they, like, arrive in their vibe but it's like you gotta you gotta spend time kind of listening and just i don't know yeah absorbing other people and seeing for like sure how many and one of my favorite things too is playing with shine. other uh horn players even other saxophone players that might be completely different and then it's like okay how can we and it might be a situation we've never played together i've heard you play before maybe you've heard me play before okay now we gotta gel together come up with you know how we can make it work um and a lot of times that's resulted in some you know pretty beautiful moments a hundred percent well yeah well as we're at the end of the hour here i usually like to give the sign off to the guests if you've got just a message that you feel like is uh prescient to the day it's february 2021 some shit's gone down the last year who knows what this year this decade's gonna bring but do you want to is there just something you feel like you want to get out before we call Uh, this definitely Uh, first of all thanks so much for having me wilson uh i'm glad we could reconnect uh this this is definitely a cool way to do it and i love talking like this absolutely dude i really enjoyed the talk we do maybe more of these in the future i don't know uh but, uh, so happy to uh, hop on again. Oh, this will be and, recurring. Uh, Absolutely, you know, you've been a great host. Uh, uh, one thing I guess I could say, just uh, you know, I mean, you mentioned the date, reflecting on where we're at, and at least for us down in Florida, it's looking a little bit better. But uh, you know, any other musicians or artists listening, um, I hope uh, this time, as we kind of talked about before, uh, it's it's been a time a time of reflection, I think, for everybody, and and I I, I hope it hasn't been uh, a time of discouragement. Uh, and I, I'm sure we all hit those points throughout this time. And uh, when my injury happened, it was definitely pretty dark with everything going on. But uh, you know, I I I just I have to say, you know, if if perhaps even, I guess, speaking directly to musicians, if the music aspect might be seeming, I don't want to say hopeless, but uh, a little bit difficult, like, uh, what can I do now? I can't play. Uh, There's, you know, um, now's the time to dive into something you've been meaning to work on, or maybe it's a matter of trying to create new habits or different things you've been meaning to do, or, you know, like we were talking before with, you know, um, you know, whether it's breathing or stretching or, or all sorts of things like now's the time, if you haven't already to really take a step back and um, maybe try to approach things differently and not lose sight of who you are and what you've done just because the world's gone to shit doesn't mean your world has to go to shit. And, um, and that doesn't mean it's not going to get any better either. Um, you know, we've had the unfortunate situation of a global pandemic that hasn't happened in like a hundred years or so. So it, it couldn't have been predicted. Um, a lot of this, I mean, we never thought we would have seen in our lifetime. So 
uh, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, um, basically keep pushing, keep striving ahead, uh, you know, maybe get into some other creative outlets, even uh, outside of music, uh, you know, whether it's exercise, drawing, dance, whatever it may be. Uh, don't lose sight of that, you know, don't let your, you know, that creative side, that artistic side go to the wayside just because in some aspects it's been taken away, you know, make sure that's still being cultivated and uh, use this time to maybe develop other aspects that could help better um, that side of you as well. You know, the whole left half, right half, you know, of our brains and such. Uh, one thing I really did is I read a whole ton. Uh, I read a bunch of books during this time. Oh, reading is great. <laughs> That's uh, one thing we can definitely all do. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess I'll just sort of, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, so that's, yeah, that's you know, I um, do a whole series on and, talk about uh, books. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess that's my, uh, my parting shot there. Uh, really just uh, don't lose sight of who you are and, uh, you know, maybe take a chance or to take this as a moment to uh, you know, maybe develop or um, heal some other things that have needed to happen uh, in order to, you know, um, keep things moving along. Absolutely. Well, beautifully said. Thank you so much. Christian Ryan at Christian Ryan Music of Leisure Chief and other musical explosions near you thank you wilson thank it you was so awesome. much again I have a great night appreciate and it we will and do this again i'll talk to you soon buddy all right take it easy